Welcome to Encompass Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. To share your story of what God has been doing in you and through you, take a moment to email us at amen at encompass.org.au. Enjoy today's message. Wonderful. Whoop. Whoop. Wonderful. Good morning. We'll do that again. Good morning. And over this side. Good morning. Hey, there's a whole lot of you who sat down already. Is that the sit down section over there? What's going on there? Up, stand on your feet. Come on, everybody. My goodness gracious. I've heard of initiative, but that's just cheeky. I mean, I, I hadn't even said good morning and they sat down. Unbelievable. All together. Good morning. Wonderful. You may be seated. <laughs> well, I'm in trouble this morning. I, uh, I was sitting debating earlier on in the service. Now, will I take my jacket off and uh, just preach in my T-shirt, uh, which I would do normally if I felt very comfortable and, you know, we're family, so I'll just take my jacket off. Um, but the team were really kind to me, and they gave me a, a peppermint tea uh, with some honey, which I love to have before I preach because it just helps my throat. And while I was having a drink of it uh, just a, a, a few moments ago, I slurped it and spilled it all down the front. And it's a white T-shirt, so <laughs> I have to keep my jacket on. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll, all you'll be doing is looking at my stain. And I'm in fear because then I'll have to go home after today uh, to my wife. And she'll say, what did you do to your nice new T-shirt? I said, I spilled tea all the way down it, darling. So I know you don't care about my T-shirt, but I just thought I'd share with you why I'm keeping my jacket on. Hey, is the drummer still there? Oh, he's gone. Where's the drummer? Ah, Mr. Drummer Man. I was watching you while you were drumming. And uh, when we were singing that song, you know, Speak Jesus, uh, you were singing louder than you were playing. There was more energy, more faith going in your confession of that song than was going through the drums. And uh, I just felt God wanted to encourage you. Uh, you know, I don't know if you know that scripture in Matthew. It says that when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And I felt, you know, I know with drummers, you often feel like, oh, I'm hidden behind a screen. I've been to some churches and the, you, you literally can't even see the drummer. Like they've got a solid wall. And, and, and drummers, you know, we, we need to pray for drummers. They feel it. I've put a shield in front of me. But I want you to know, God sees your heart. And God hears your prayer. And what he saw this morning and what I saw, I felt God just wanted to encourage you. Keep that heart that is focused on the Lord. And that thing that you're believing for, that thing that you're trusting for, God sees it. God will reward you for that tenacity of faith, for that humility of spirit, and that willingness just to dig a well 
into God's faithfulness. You are not unseen. You are not unheard. And when you speak the name of Jesus in the secret place, I'm telling you, hell trembles, but the angels lean in and the Holy Spirit begins to work on your behalf. What's your name? Johan. You just reach out your hands to Johan. Father, I just lay my hands upon Johan. I thank you for him. I thank you for the gift that he is to this house. I thank you for his faithfulness. I thank you that, Father, though in the natural, sometimes in the shadow lands, God, he is never hidden from you. So I pray, God, for the fulfillment of your promises over his life. I pray, God, according to your word, that the desires of your heart be fulfilled in Jesus' name. And I thank you for it. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Johan. Wonderful. We better get into the Word. I want to speak to you this morning around the topic of the essential, the essential art of conquering storms. The essential art of conquering storms. There are a lot of things that are essential in our Christian faith. Coming to Christ, essential. Being baptized in water, essential. Being filled with the Holy Ghost, essential. Living a life of prayer, essential. Being connected, planted in the local house, in the local church, essential. Serving, essential. There are lots of things that are essential. Sometimes we forget what I believe is essential, and that is that, yes, you can be grounded Yes, you can be blessed. Yes, you can be part of everything that God's doing in a local church. But at some stage, we all have to learn the essential art of conquering storms. And if you think about it, in the natural, storms are just part of life. If you think about storms, a storm is created when there are two opposing atmospheres. And when those two opposing atmospheres, whether that's a, a low or a high, when they meet, when they collide, the result is an atmospheric storm. And we, we live with that in the natural. And it's interesting, in the natural, we either have two responses to a storm. We either are in fear or we're cool. Because we know, okay, it's a storm and it's going to be messy and it may be a bit scary and it may get dark and there might be a lot of rain and thunder and lightning, but it's cool. My family, we, we love dogs. How many, how many dog lovers do we have here? I love dogs. We've had two Groodles and uh, the Groodles are just a beautiful breed of dog. Uh, one of our early Groodle, his, her name was Charlie. When, whenever there was a thunderstorm, Charlie just lost the plot. Now, in our house then, it's changed a little now, but Charlie used to always live downstairs. And we were in a large house, and she was probably as far away from the bedroom as you could possibly be. And that was where she slept, and she knew that. She wasn't allowed to come up in the bedroom. She certainly wasn't allowed to jump up on the bed. But if there was even the slightest rumble of a thunderstorm, she would just lose the plot. And she would, like, in the middle of the night, she would come racing up, from wherever she was downstairs, she would burst into our bedroom. She would literally jump up on the bed and she would just be trembling, absolutely terrified by this thunder. We would try and get her off the bed, tell her you can't do that. Um, and then she, or she would just get worse and she would even try and climb into the bed between Sally and I. She was a relatively big dog. 
she completely lost the plot whenever there was the storm that was going on. Our current dog, Harry, she's the complete opposite. Same breed, same build, same sort of temperament. And I thought when the first thunderstorm hit when she was part of our household, I thought, I wonder how she's going to freak out. Well, she didn't freak out at all. She just sort of looked around, looked at us. And when she could see that we weren't upset, she just chilled out. One of two responses whenever there's a storm. We either respond in fear and panic or we chill out realizing that this too shall pass. Turn the person next to you and say, this too shall pass. Of course, this is in the natural, but today we're not talking about natural storms. Today we're talking about, you know, circumstantial storms, storms of faith, storms of our journey of discipleship. When atmospheres collide, when purposes collide, when the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world collide. And who knows that those storms are very, very real. It may be a relational storm. It may be a professional storm. It may be a financial storm. It may be a physical storm. It may be an emotional storm or a spiritual storm. But these storms do come in our lives. And we have got to know how do we negotiate the storm. Because the truth is, on the other side of every storm, there's another level. There's another experience. There's another level of influence. There's another promise of God that is waiting, but it's hidden on the other side of our storms. So let's go to a classic piece of scripture. Some of you will be very familiar with it. Some of you may never have heard this before. Mark chapter 4, we're going to read from verse 35. It says, when evening came, he said to his disciples, so Jesus speaking, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this then? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that, Lord, your word promises that faith rises when you speak. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are already in this place. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are already speaking to men, to women, to young people in this place this morning. And I thank you, God, that you know every circumstance, you know every fiber of our being, And so I thank you that, God, through the preaching of your word, by the anointing of your spirit, by the whisper of your voice, Father, faith shall rise in every heart. And, God, we will not walk out the same that we came in, but, God, we will have had an encounter with you. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. 
Amen and amen. You can't can't preach this message without first stopping and realizing that God calls all of us to the other side. I don't know about you, but I thank God that we worship a God of the other side. That no matter where we are, God is calling us on a journey. He doesn't leave us as he found us. But he takes us on a journey of wholeness. He takes us on a journey of fulfillment. And even once we are whole, he says, now I want you to have influence. Now I want you to be a blessing. And that no matter where we are today, there is more for us as we keep on pursuing God. The beautiful thing is there's always something more on the other side. It may start with healing. It may start when we come in a place of brokenness. And maybe you're in this place today. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you don't have that relationship with God. Maybe you're wondering, is all this stuff really real? Can I tell you, God loves you. God has a plan for your life. And no matter what's going on in your life, the moment you say yes to Jesus, he's going to take you on a journey crossing over into a whole new dimension of living. Thank God for the other side. Thank God there's another side to sickness. It's called healing. Thank God there's another side to loneliness. It's called family. Thank God there's another side to to lack. It's called favor and prosperity. Thank God there's another side to uh, bondage and it's called freedom. Thank God whatever situation we're in, God has another side that he wants to take us along. And all we've got to do is be willing to say yes. All we've got to be doing is willing like the disciples to say, I'm going to get in the boat and I'm going to go on the journey. There's always another side. And you might say, well, I'm okay. I'm not feeling sick. I'm not troubled. I'm not depressed. I'm not alone. I'm not in lack. You might say, it's all going good. Well, can I tell you, it may be going good, but God still has another side because he wants it to get even gooder. We serve the God of the gooder. And he never, it may be wonderful. You may be living a blessed life, but God says, yeah, but there's still more. There's still more. Not just blessed, but to be a blessing. Not just to have our lives together, but to actually influence other people's lives. Not just to have a healthy whole church that's packed on a weekend where we can worship God, where we can have great relationships, but where we can be part of a church that is literally impacting the city and the nations of the world around about us. Thank God you're in a church like that. It is a great privilege for us to be able to go to Doreen and to go to Craigieburn and to see what God's doing. I don't know if you've ever come home and before you come home, you can actually smell the cooking and you realize, whoa, something good going on in there. You, you, whoa, something's cooking, something's brewing. I love that. That's the sense I get when I visit Bandura. That's the sense I get when I go to Craigieburn. That's the sense I get when I visit your campuses. There's something brewing. God is doing something. And if you're not part of that yet, if you're still sort of wondering, do you want to really lock into this new season? Can I encourage you? Lock in. Lock in. Get in the boat. Jesus is saying, come on, we're going to the other side. This is a whole new season for you as a church. Don't be a spectator. Jump on board. And I'm telling you, you'll be amazed where God wants to take you. There is something stirring. There's something brewing. God is doing something. If you've never been to the encounter nights, can I encourage you? 5 p.m. today. Get here. Don't wait for the news to filter through. 
oh, you wouldn't believe what God did. No, 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 get there, be there. You be the one with the story. You be the one who breaks the routine. You be, I know you've got plans already. You're just going to chill out. Well, you can chill out any old time. There's an encounter night tonight, 5 p.m. Don't miss it. Look at you with that little baby. How awesome is that? Whose baby is that? Your baby. That's the pastor's baby. Wow, I thought there was something about that baby. I've been distracted by that baby while I've been trying to preach, thinking, whose baby is that? And look at that. Wow. You reach out your hands to this baby. I don't know why. I don't know why. But destiny is wrapped up in little children. Destiny is wrapped up in little children. What's her name? Amara. Amara. Father, lay my hands upon Amara. We stretch out our hands towards her. We thank you that she's already a gift from heaven. But God, we speak destiny over her. Father, the peace that she's experiencing right now as she rests in the arms that love her. Father, I pray that that peace will never leave her. I pray, God, that you will lift her, that you will elevate her, that you will use her. I pray, Father, from the youngest of her days, that, God, she will not just see, Lord, the love that her mum and dad have for you. She will not just experience the blessing that overflows from the home that honours you. But I pray that, God, from the youngest of years, she will fall in love with you. And that, God, she'll have a personal encounter with the God of all creation. And that you will use her for your glory, in Jesus' name, amen, and amen, and amen. So, there's a storm that's going on. Jesus is desperate to get across to the other side because he knows what's going on on the other side. He knows why he's going on the other side. He knows on the other side, if you know the Bible, you know in the next chapter it all un- begins to unpack that there's a man there who's possessed, there's a man who has no hope, there's a man who's abandoned, there's a man that society has no answer for and all it took was one encounter with Jesus and he was going to be set free. Jesus knew that there was a little girl that was dying who actually, in fact, did die but was able to be raised back to life. Jesus knew that on the other side there was a woman with an issue of blood that was just going to get her own encounter with Jesus and she was going to be healed. Jesus knew on the other side there was breakthrough for individuals and there was breakthrough for communities. So the question is for you and I, what's on the other side of our storm? And maybe, maybe you don't have a vision yet for what that is. But the reality is, it is breakthrough. The reality is that's what God has planned for every single one of us. So we've got to be able to answer, what does it take to get across to the other side? What does it take? What is the art of conquering storms? And the first is a a revelation that is simple but very profound. is understanding new things take new faith. New experiences demand new levels of faith. You know, in the business world, there's a saying that says, look, whatever got you here isn't going to get you there. The business world understands that whatever practices, whatever you were doing, whatever made you successful in the beginning isn't going to be able to sustain you as you keep growing. And you've got to change things up. You've got to develop. You've got to mature. You've got to step into new things if you want to experience new things. 
And that's the first principle when, when we come to storms is understanding that storms ultimately are actually all about God is doing something new. Not just that God is doing something new, but if God is doing something new, so we will also need to come to new levels of faith. Isaiah 43, 18, forget, not the former thi- uh, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Everyone say new thing. Now with passion, new thing. <laughs> I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the waste. God is on a constant mission of stretching us. He's on a constant mission of stretching the church. That's where the, the, whole, the whole issue of this story is not necessarily the boat. It's not the, the disciples. The whole emphasis, the crutch of this story is when Jesus made that statement after he had quieted the storm and just said, where is your faith? The whole issue of this and the whole issue of a storm, a whole issue of a crisis, it's not the crisis, it's not the storm, it's what our response is. And what God is looking for is a response of faith. A response that says, I'm not going to be intimidated by this. I'm not going to be overwhelmed by this. I'm not going to be overcome by fear in the middle of this storm. As scary as it is, as dark as it is, as real as it is, I refuse to be intimidated by a storm. I'm going to lift my level of faith. I'm going to lift my level of faith. We're going to step into all that God has. We're going to have to ask God to stir up our faith. Can I tell you, that's a... Scary thing. How many people have discovered sometimes it's scary when God answers your prayer? <laughs> we just simply say, hey, God, stir my faith. We don't realize what that actually involves. I had to do some touch-up painting uh, in our house recently. And uh, I knew that I had a, a tin of paint that was the right color. But it hadn't been used for years. So I went down in the shed and found out where it was and, and opened it up. Sure enough, there was enough paint in there. But, you know, if paint's been sitting there for a while, you know what happens. All the pigment just goes down to the bottom. And what do you have to do? You've got to stir it up. And there's such things as agitators. I mean, you can do it in different ways. You can either shake it and shake it and shake it, or you can get an agitator and you can stir it and stir it. You can put it on the end of your drill. But whatever it takes, you've got to stir that stuff up. The good stuff is there, but it's just gone down to the bottom. It's gone down to where it's not having any impact. It's gone down to where it's not being utilized. It's there, but it needs to be stirred up with a little bit of agitation. And can I tell you this morning, I believe God by the Holy Spirit wants to stir some of us up because if we're not careful we get so comfortable we're like a tin sitting in the back of the shed and we can just be coming into church and we can be living our life but we're not living in faith we're not stretching ourselves we're not doing something new and I've got to tell you this morning if you've ever dared to pray that faith God stir my faith up God I want to be on the cutting edge once again God I want to see miracles God I want to see you move in my life can I tell you God answers those prayers but one of the ways he answers those prayers is not just by getting hands laid on you it's not by speaking in tongues for a quarter of an hour every morning before you get out of bed it's not by all of those things we'd like it to be many times God stirs our faith by leaving us dumped right in the middle of a storm like getting that tin and going now how do you feel about it 
<laughs> and God calls us to dig down deep where there is faith. You have faith. You have everything you need already. But sometimes it just needs that stirring up. New things take new levels of faith. But the second is this. If you're not hungry, you'll never eat. If you don't want to go to the other side, you never will. If the boat's too scary, if you're too tired, if you don't want to go over there, you never will. Because here's what I've discovered. If you've already been snacking on the food in between when the meal comes and you're not hungry, you can't eat. One of the privileges of getting a little bit older, emphasis on little, one of the privileges of little older is the fact that I get to watch my grandchildren grow up. And that's just a pure delight. It's just unbelievable. But one of the challenges of that for all our four kids that are producing children, they all have slightly different parenting styles. Now, I had a pretty strict parenting style. My, my wife and I, it was like, you don't eat before dinner. Like, that's it. Because if, if you eat before dinner, you're not going to be hungry. And you, Well, one of my children, I won't name them. <laughs> Hopefully, they'll never hear this recording. They have a different philosophy. If the kid's hungry, well, they can eat. And I can remember being with them one day. And we came home, and it was about 4.30 or something. But their, their child said, ah, I want something to eat. He said, oh, do you want something to eat? Okay, what would you like? And I'm thinking, it's almost dinner time. Like, you're going to feed them dinner in about half an hour. But he said, oh, what would you like? I want some yogurt. So they gave the kid yogurt. And the kid's shoveling down this yogurt. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? You're giving a child a meal before the meal. And then half an hour later, we're all sitting down at the meal time, and you know what happened. Beautiful meal cooked. Fresh vegetables, a bit of meat. You know, you know little Johnny, that's not his name, but little Johnny's favourite meal. Little Johnny's favourite meal. Well, we all enjoyed the meal, yeah? You know how it goes. Come on, Johnny, eat your meal. I'm not hungry. Eat your meal, Johnny. Mummy cooked it nice for you. Don't you like it? Here, look, have a bit of carrot. I don't want a bit of carrot. Would you like a bit of sausage? I don't want... Why? He'd been filling himself in between. If you're not hungry, you'll never eat. But if you are hungry, you'll eat anything. Can I give you a clue? Don't, if, the, the worst thing you can ever do if you're hungry is going shopping. <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm aware of this principle, but I fall every single time. If I go to do the shopping and I'm hungry, you wouldn't believe the rubbish I bring home. I just buy stuff that like, oh, that'd be nice. Oh, that'd be nice. I mean, I go on a mission just to buy stuff, but I'm hungry. And when you're hungry, you want the lot. Like, don't just give me some. Give me the lot. And I know I can't eat it all, but give it to me anyway. Do you know that's the heart that God's looking for? That's the heart that God puts in you. That's the heart that God puts in your leadership. A heart that says, God, this is good. I'm happy with what I've got, but I want more. I want more. I'm not satisfied. I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. Oh, that song, being good to me, something about a river. You're something, you're... Your goodness is running up, running up. I mean, we can all sing that. Come on. 
If you haven't been overwhelmed by the goodness of God, I'm telling you, just wait for it. He's a good God. But I'm telling you, we can never park in a song. We can never park where we're just saying, oh, God, I'm so happy. No, 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 we've got to be able to get, keep pressing on. And I love that we press on from God, you're so good, to speak the name of Jesus. Speak it to your storm. Speak it to your sickness. Speak it over your city. Speak it over your family. Why would you do that? Because you want more. Whatever goodness you've already experienced, you're saying, no, no, God, I want to see the fulfillment of every promise worked in my life and through my life. A godly appreciation for what has been, but a desperate anticipation of what you're believing God for. I love what the Apostle Paul says. I press on. I press on. <laughs> he, he's, not just, he's not just sitting back saying, well, hey, I've had a good life. You know, I've planted churches. I've cast out demons. I've, I've seen miracles. God has, you know, demonstrated his goodness. Over. No, no, no. He's saying, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, now, that's you and I. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, straining to what's on ahead, I'm pressing on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. Pressing on. Pressing on. Art, the art of conquering storms. But here's the final point this morning. You can invite the musicians to come, but please don't think that I'm going to stop soon. We have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. We have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. There's two things that are uncomfortable in this story. The first is the timing. When I think about the timing of this, it says, when evening came, he said to his disciples. Now, if you put yourself in the context, he's been ministering to the crowd all day. He's been teaching. He's been preaching. The crowd have been there. The disciples have been doing crowd control. They may have been doing a little bit of um, catering. on the. We don't know. But they've had a full day already, and it's evening time. So they've had a good time. They're probably thinking, this is great. We're going to go home to bed soon. And then Jesus says, no, come on, let's get in the boat and go across to the other side. I don't know about you, but when it's evening time, I want to go to bed. How many people know we have to understand we've got to walk according to God's timing, not our timing. That's why I said you may have planned to chill out all afternoon, but I'm telling you God's going to be here at 5 p.m. So you have to make a choice. Am I going to be here at 5 p.m.? Am I going to get in the boat? Am I going to? I could have responded. I, the disciples could have said, Jesus, come on, chill out. You've had a big day. We've had a big day. But he says, no, now's the time. That's very uncomfortable. But Jesus says, hey, I know what I'm doing. Isn't it amazing how sometimes we talk ourselves out of obedience because it doesn't fit? <laughs> I tell you, all you need to know is that, is that what God is asking? Is that what God is calling you to? And if that's what God is asking and that's what God is calling you to, don't worry about whether it fits with your schedule. Just say yes. Just say yes. Just say yes. But the other inconvenient thing about this is the storm. I've said already, storms are real. They're uncomfortable. They're painful. They're scary. They're unpredictable. Sometimes they're very expensive and everything seems out of control. But the reality is God uses the storm. And we learn things in the storm that we'll never learn anywhere else. The first thing is this. The storm actually is a confirmation that you are on the way. Stay on the shore, no storm. 
or just duck inside and you won't even get wet. But a storm in your life is actually confirmation that you are on the way. If you've ever caught a plane, you know that when that plane changes altitude, there's always going to be some turbulence. Always. You can have been cruising for miles, for hours and hours. But as soon as you start to descend and you change atmospheres, remember what I said about atmospheres? Well, every time you change atmospheres, there's going to be turbulence. And I'm telling you, I don't know what your life has been like. Pastor Jason, Pastor Alyssa, I don't know what your life's been like since you've assumed the mantle, since you've taken on leadership, but I can almost guarantee there's been some storms going on. Why? Why? Because you're on the way. Because you've said, yeah, God, I believe it's the call of God. Can I encourage you, church? Be praying for your leadership. Be praying for your leadership. Don't be sitting back saying, well, I wonder how this goes. I wonder what we're going to do now. I wonder how things are going to change. And don't reserve your decision about, am I on board or not on board? No, 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 no. Be praying for your leadership. Because in these times where where there's a shift in atmosphere, where there's a, a pathway to go on, there will always be turbulence. But it's actually a sign. It's actually an assurance. I look at my life now and I understand every time I take a step of obedience, I'm waiting for the storm. Not out of a sense of dread, but a sense out of, come on, just do your best. Not just do your best. <laughs> do your best, come on. I know God wants to take me and I'm expecting a little bit of resistance, but the whole point of it is you're understanding that we are on our way. The second thing is understanding that storms are what drive us to new encounters. There are things that you will never understand, never experience about God, about our Father, unless we go through storms. Sundays are great. I love Sundays. I, I love getting together in small groups. I love getting together in prayer meetings. I love encounter groups. But I kind of tell you, as much as you will encounter the wonder of the presence of God when it's all smooth, when it's all wonderful and we're all together, can I tell you, there are elements of God that you will never understand, that you will never experience unless you go through the storm. Because it's in the dark place light shines. It's in the dark place you have to dig deep. It's in those scary moments you have to rise up in faith. And when we rise up in faith, that's what attracts the presence of God like nothing else. Not just our worship, not just our giving, not just our humility, but when we choose to rise in the middle of a storm, it attracts the faithfulness of God. And listen, when you're in the middle of that, that storm and you realize, no, 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 I'm going to encounter God. It's a, built on a revelation of understanding that, yes, it is dark. Yes, it is scary. But my God is still with me. God never leaves. I love what the disciples did. They panicked. Yes, they were fearful. Yes, but they did one right thing. They went to Jesus. They shook him and they woke him up. Now, they, their confession may have been one of fear. But before that, they, did the, they, they found the present. They found Jesus. They found the one who they knew could have the answer. Can I encourage you today? If you are in a storm, if you're in a place where it's out of control, if you're in a place where you feel like you don't know what to do, if you're in a place where it seems like there's nothing you can do, there's always one thing you can do. Run into the presence of God run into the presence of God. Get down on your knees in the presence of God. Find the secret place. Go to God. Just saying, God, I know that you're with me. We've heard that psalm already this morning. What a brilliant prophetic moment this morning. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, He is with me. God, 
God is with you. No matter what you're going through, God is with you. It's actually an opportunity to meet with God. Isaiah 43 verse 2, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God. Oh, don't you love that? I am the Lord, your God. The Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. But here's the thing I want to land on this morning. What is the art of conquering storms is understanding that at some point in every storm, storms are where we can see God's power released. Storms are where heaven is waiting. Storms is where the angels are leaning over. Storms are where the Holy Spirit is just waiting, waiting, waiting. See, there's another revelation about every storm that I, 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 it's so powerful in my mind is this. Every storm has ears. Every storm is listening. The storm is listening and heaven is listening. And they're waiting. You see, if you read the story, you know the detail. Nothing happened until Jesus stood up. But it wasn't the fact that Jesus stood up. It was the fact that Jesus spoke. He spoke to the storm, quiet, be still. And the reality is in every storm, there's a moment where you and I have to do exactly what Jesus did. Stand up and begin to speak to our storm. It may be a storm of sickness, but we've got to speak healing. I love that. No matter what's going on, I don't know how many times over the years I've spoken to my body. <laughs> I've laid hands on my own body and said, I speak healing over you. You may be sore, you may be painful, you may be sick, but I speak healing. I lay hands on myself. I have no problem with that. I speak healing in the name of Jesus. By your stripes, I am healed. I have no problem speaking the promises of God. When my family is in turmoil, I speak the promises of God. I don't just think them. I just don't silently hope them. I speak them. I stand up. You need to stand up. You need to speak the promises of God and declare over my household, I speak unity. I speak blessing. I speak a, a unity that will bring the blessing of God. Whatever it is, if it's financial, I speak the windows of heaven open over my life. I speak the promises of God. And when we speak the promises of God, the storm listens. Heaven listens as well. Here's a revelation God gave to me many, many years ago when I was actually looking at this scripture. God said simply to me, David, you are not a helpless victim. You are not a helpless victim on the sea of God's indifference. You are a child of faith on the battleground. God has given you His Word. It is a sharp, two-edged sword but you must pick it up and wield it in faith would you stand to your feet this morning I want us to sing if we got all the musicians can we sing that song I speak the name of Jesus can I believe this morning that there's people in this place you need to speak the name of Jesus over sickness you need to speak the name of Jesus over lack. You need to speak the name of Jesus over your family. You need to speak the name of Jesus wherever there is a storm that's going on in your life. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to open up the altar. 
And I, I, I know that God is speaking. I see the heads nodding. I see the eyes leaning in. I sense the core. I know what God wants to do here this morning. He wants you and I to stand in agreement and to speak the name of Jesus over every situation, over every circumstance, where there are challenges, where it's dark, where it seems to be out of control. So as we sing this, I'm going to invite you to come forward. We're not going to pray for you for a moment. We're going to call out to God together. So come on, as the band leaves us this morning. If you're here this morning, you say, God, that's me. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Encompass Church. If today's message has impacted you and you want to give your life to Jesus, if you need prayer or if you want to get connected to the church, please contact us at office at encompass.org.au. Never miss a moment by following us online. Search for Encompass Church on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.